In times of change, we often think of that old saying, making lemonade out of lemons. Michelle Beauclair has been doing just that as the executive director of the Truist Student Leadership Center at Appalachian State University. Michelle has just about 20 years of experience in schools, but none of them have looked like this past year. Let's join the conversation and find out how she is navigating many semesters of change. But early on, we recognized that we'd be competing for students' attention in the virtual world, and we decided to move our operations to the virtual world as quickly as possible. I'm lucky enough to live with a 22-year-old student who also happens to be my daughter. And so I watched her unravel as the end of the semester happened, the spring semester last year. And so I thought, okay, the first thing we have to do is figure out how to replace our one-on-one contact which is how we often talk them off the ledge. So we we started to develop guides and videos. We did some podcasts. We set up virtual appointments. We actually also have virtual drop-in hours, which is one of my favorite things, um, to fill that void. So we put systems and processes in place and try to make it as much like what we did in the real world, but had it all available virtually. We also developed a webinar series that was all about how to operate in the professional world virtually. So we do those in person here on campus during normal times. We have quadrupled our attendance at those, which is shocking to me. So the students are really interested. I think the thing I'm most proud of is um, we developed a three-day virtual conference, which was aimed at helping our business students develop a deeper understanding of the business world, as well as professional and leadership skills. So we, it was three days. We had one day of practice interviews. So professionals came in and sat down with our, came in virtually and sat down with our students and asked them interview questions and then coached them on how well they did with their answers. But we also did workshops and panels, and those were armed with industry professionals, and they addressed current issues and professionalism in the virtual world. And those went really well, too. We had about 30 of those. And then lastly, we did a virtual career fair with 95 different companies representing there, and we had a 1,000 students attend that, which also blew me away because they were slow and actually coming to the table. And we received high praise for all that. So I guess what we did is we buckled down, we looked at what the business world was doing and needing and how we could connect our students with that. And we also saw it as an opportunity because we didn't have the technical skills to do that kind of multi-day conference. We figured out something that would work. And it's my hope that it has some long-term impact. But I also want to stop here and say this, having been a K-12 teacher, what we face at the collegiate level is nothing, a drop in the bucket compared to what K-12 teachers face. I can't imagine what that is like for them. And so like I had a lot of latitude. I'm not meeting state guidelines. I have resources that K-12 teachers don't have. Hats off to them. This is a microcosm of what I think they've probably had to do. Such an important note, and wow, you all really accepted the change to virtual. Have you seen any resistance or reluctance to changes that have been happening? Well, as it relates to students, kind of blown away that their fear about what they're going to face when they graduate froze them in place. You know, so our May grads were unengaged in some ways towards the end because they feared there weren't jobs out there, which was not true at all. 
And for our current students, in the past, we could offer a program like the Emerging Leaders Certification, and students would be rushing to register. We only had so many seats. And now we have to pester, persuade, and cajole students to engage. I think that weary from so much time spent electronically and add that to a fear of the unknown, that's what you get. So it's much different than a usual semester? I have watched them come, party their little hearts out, get started on classes, and go downhill fast. Like, I don't want to say depression, but they are, there's a more depressed feeling there than I've ever felt before. Usually they energize me. Right now I feel like running around and hugging them and saying, it's all right. You will, this will not be this big of a deal when you get to the other side. Just keep going. I even need that message sometimes. But I've heard other professors talk about the hope that they've seen in their students. Have you seen that this year? Yes, yeah, by a thousand students showing up at that career fair, virtual career fair, all new skill set for the way the rooms are set up. Yeah, I do think they finally said, okay, this is how it is. I think they feel somewhat empowered by the social changes that are happening too, which I love. Yeah, oh, I, I, as I said, I'm really hopeful this gen- generation coming up, they're going to make a difference. Yeah, and I cannot wait to see what they do. So we've talked about how the students are doing. How is your team doing with the 2020 changes? I think for our staff, what blew me away was the way we all have figured out one of the blessings of this department is most of us have been here five years or more. So we know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we know how to balance each other. I I can tell by a simple look at Amy Odom's face that I am straying into a danger zone that the rest of the people who work for me are feeling, but nobody's going to show me, but Amy's going to show me. So, you know, Amy's my balance for, don't keep thinking out of the box like this out loud, Michelle. Hold it in a little. Um, But what happened when we all went off site is we recognized different strengths. It changed how we interact with each other. And it's almost like you get thrown into a whole new team, but with people you love, respect, and know. There's been partnerships around projects that never would have happened if we had stayed you know, on campus. And now we'll never go away. It's just another way we partner. In some of the previous podcasts, we talk about one tool of overcoming some change resistance is bringing together the team. How have you been doing that during these past months? So I meet with my team virtually, some of them on the phone, some of them through through Zoom, video conferencing, every other week as individuals and every other week as a team. And the thing I always closed with was, what do you need from me that you're not getting right now? And inevitably, they would say, more connection with you. They wouldn't say it that way, but that's what they were saying. And I was struggling with active, constructive listening and responding came up. And I was like, holy cow, why have I not been more focused on that? These people are looking for to know they're cared for, they're understood, and they're heard. Yeah, active constructive responding is a, is an amazing way to build relationships with people on your team. It's just showing curiosity and excitement for their good news. Yes, we're tackling huge issues and what better way to tackle issues by listening well and encouraging connection with the people you're listening to. So I put for the first I don't know month after that, I had a little sticky on the top of my computer that said ACLR. And 
every time I got on a Zoom or anything with one-on-one, I was looking at and reminding myself. So for me, that was extremely powerful. That sounds awesome. In the third episode of this series, we talk about leadership purpose and how that has helped people have a North Star through change. What is your leadership purpose? Our leadership is around helping them become self-aware and and then figuring out how to use that self-awareness to be the best, to lead themselves as best they can, which will eventually lead to them leading others in a, a strong way. My leadership purpose in this context is to help students recognize who they are, help them figure out what they're going to do with that, and then help them launch to start applying that in the real world. Thanks for joining us to celebrate the educational leaders that have stepped up to the front line of a very tough year and continue to lead as we rediscover our footing. If you're interested in learning more about topics from the last four episodes, or you'd like to learn more about leadership through the lens of business, please check us out on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. Our executive producer is Anna Sladen. Senior producer for this episode is Hannah Costello. Episodes were also produced by Brittany Brown, Madison Hester, Kevin Ortiz, and Roz Guerreri. Editing and engineering by Hannah Costello with a little bit of help from Anna Slayton. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of Truist Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.